Welcome to the seven and a half floor of the Merton Flummer Building. As you'll now be spending your workday here, it is important that you learn a bit about the history of this famous floor. Welcome to Malkovich Malkovich Minute Minute, the daily podcast in which we guess our way through the film Starback Rocky Harjar Being John Mal- Being John Malkovich. <laughs> One minute at a time. I am your host, Austin Fryer, and joining me this week from Time Warp Radio and Shock Treat Minute are Haley Mervini and Katie Tominey. Hi! That was that <laughs> the best the coolest intro. intro. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it had every piece of theming that I needed. It had the the what we're gonna talk about today, that <laughs> yeah, it's all there. I love it. It's all downhill from here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of my notes. Okay, so welcoming my new guests for the week. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Time Warp Radio, that's your podcast. Yep. It is. I'm Haley, so you know my what my voice sounds like. And I'm Katie, and now you know what my voice sounds like. But we may not sound at all different. No, I've... I kind of heard that we sound the same, so. It's when we're editing it, I'm like, did I say that or did she say that? And I have to look <laughs> at the audio file like I'm confused. But hopefully that'll help. Uh, we are the, the resident criminologists and resident counselors on our two seasons of our podcast. Time Warp Radio and Shock Treat Minute, mm-hmm. where we talk about obviously the Rocky Horror Picture Show and the sequel slash equal. Is it though? Oh, shock treatment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there's th- this is something we were talking about in the green room. There's some kind of uh, discussion or debate as to what the connection between the two is. Yes, there's definitely a connection because all of the creative team uh, is basically the same. It's been brought over from the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And they're so brilliant Because if you consider that Rocky Horror is still being screened in theaters Mm -hmm. present day, people are paying admission to go see a movie that they could probably find somewhere for free (laughs) or from a friend. They could borrow a DVD from somebody uh, that it's still relevant. And Mm -hmm. shock treatment was, oh man, the boots were just too big to fill. Yeah, they were really mm. hoping to bank on the Rocky Horror fame and mm. to jump on that same train, and it didn't quite happen, but they still made a pretty decent masterpiece, honestly. Yes, it's so really? good. It's, it's, so good. it's so bad that it's good. I no, I that. would say it's just good straight out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> they're two very, very different kinds of good. <laughs> yes. Maybe it um, runs yeah. the gamut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's that sounds fascinating. I'm going to have to check it out. Yes, please. Um, so, so people, if they want to check you out, should look up Time Warp Radio on on their podcast. Yes, any your of your favorite podcatchers, we are there. Cool. Yep. Cool. Okie doke. Today we're discussing Minute 21 of Being John Malkovich. Minute 21 starts, as so many minutes do, with Craig's concentration face and ends one minute later with Dr. Lester about to tell Craig that all eyes are on him. So uh, so the particular thing he's concentrating on here 
is this bizarre name guessing ritual. <laughs> you look like a Maxine? Uh, yeah. Who told you? Nobody told me. That just came out. It was honestly, I, this was my first viewing of the movie. I'd never mm-hmm. seen it before. Mm-hmm. So I went into it pretty much completely blind, had no idea what was going on except for it had something to do with John Malkovich. No, no, no. She knew that Charlie Sheen made a cameo appearance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she was like, how in the heck is the actual Charlie Sheen yeah. going to be... <laughs> So I went in, in and this, this probably was like my favorite scene, uh-huh. to be honest, <laughs> because it is so bizarre. And you're just trying to figure out, like, are you okay? Like, is, th- yeah. is this man all right? Because he's not. No. At no. all. No, no, no. <laughs> but in this moment, he isn't just having a stroke. It turns out <laughs> there's a reason he's doing what he's doing. It's so funny. I, it, it lasts long enough that you get annoyed by it and then it comes yeah. back around and it's funny again. <laughs> and I didn't I couldn't tell if she was just pretending that her name was Maxine. <laughs> just to you make know? it stop. Yes. Okay, whatever. Sure. Cuz she wasn't going to answer to any name he was going to call her anyway. <laughs> and I was like that's fine. Call me Maxine, whatever. If this will end this moment, sure, that's my name. <laughs> that's it's, I don't know. Is it ever, it, it could still be true. Yes. That, that theory. She could There's just nothing, be known by an alias. She could have just gone with it mm-hmm. for the rest of the yes. movie, which <laughs> in, which includes her becoming, you know, a famous manager of her husband. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Maxine Lund. Yeah, it could be, could be anything. When I initially saw this film, and even for a few times afterwards, I, I didn't, quite know what was going on i still have some questions (laughs) because it's like it's it's a very strange moment and it's edited sound editing and picture editing in a in a a way to throw you off yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely and it's like i was talking uh, last week with uh with una and peter you'll hear those episodes i'm sure we talked about how few kind of directorial set piece moments there are you know the like uh spike jones is very hands-off in visual style it's very naturalistic Mm -hmm. and it's uh he's not drawing attention to himself as a director for for most of the movie and this is maybe an exception because the editing is so strange and this bizarro we we yeah we stay on him so long with all this Barcass, ooh. Um, <laughs> and you and, just keep cutting like, back to Maxine, and she's yeah. just no reaction, just incredulous. <laughs> she can't believe well, that he's go, he's still going. Yeah, yeah. That's what I always took it as. I like there are moments in it when her facial expression really kind of has to be that she's playing along and giving him the indication that he's looking for because at the start the first few looks she gives are kind of like what 
the hell are you doing? Why is this happening? Which I think is, you know, stand in for the audience in that moment. Absolutely. And because um, he, he sets us up as a very conventional guessing game. He says, if I can guess your name in three tries. <laughs> and then <laughs> that's not three tries. That's either that's either one or 30. You know, it's not, yeah. it's not three. Um, and, and I was... I was uh, I, I went through it uh, for the first time, uh, breaking it down and kind of see how many. And I, I don't know if you want to count along with me, but I got like Bar, which could be Barbara, Ruth. He goes into then Pam, and then Lulu. Like he does a Lulu thing, which could be Lulu or Lula. Uh, if if you want those names, he's just going Car- for syllables. Then you've got <laughs> then you got Car, which could be Carol. Or Karen, mm-hmm. uh, he kind of slips in a weird Tabitha. Um, there's a fairly there's a fairly straight Sharon. Okay. And then there's Suzanne, which would stand in for Susanna as well. It would have worked if if her name had been either of them. Maybe even Susan might have mm-hmm. might have uh, got him along to that. And then he does an Emily, which is, but it's yes. a weird Emily. It's Emily, um, which is interesting because that's like the he's name retching. That, uh, you look yes, how yes. you said it looked like you were about to throw up. You were like, <laughs> yeah, eh. or it's like an Emma, and then realized that it wasn't Emma, so went into Emily. Oh yeah, yeah. So that so Emma is covered as well. So Ooh. count Emma, and then <laughs> and then Mar. So that's got to be Mar Marjorie or the variations Margaret. of Marjorie, Margaret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that counts. And then Maxine. So how how many did we get to there? Twelve. Twelve. That's wow. why she so, gives him such a little of an actual chance when mm. they do get together <laughs> later. She was like, you went way past the three tries, sir. <laughs> she was never going to give him an actual chance. No. <laughs> it was always for her own, for, uh, yeah, he was he was going to be there for as long as it was amusing for her. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, there's a bit more to it in the script we'll get into the script maxine later. is such an appropriate name for her if it is her real name because <laughs> yeah it's kind of androgynous like she could go by max max yeah you know? and she does go by max mm-hmm. uh, yeah and she's so hip and so <laughs> yes. chic and she's got that mm-hmm. blunt cut bob like she's a businesswoman and yeah. I don't think she works for anyone in the building. She just has her own office space there, right? Oh, interesting. Go on. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> yeah. she, because when they were in the employee training and he asks yeah. her, Who are you working? Where you're starting out. Right, yeah. exactly. She doesn't give him any kind of answer. And it feels like she's just leasing another office on the floor. It's very interesting you should say that because the, the first draft of the script says that uh, Maxine appears to be using the orientation room as a break room. She's smoking a cigarette (laughs) and reading her magazine. Or Uh, the orientation is taking place in the break room. (laughs) Uh, No, there's, there's, they're very specific uh, about the, the, in fact, that room is uh, in the, in the first draft of the script is much more of a cinema. Ah. Yeah. So she's using that room as a break room which it kind of goes with your theory Haley, that um she's not she certainly doesn't work for Lester Core she's mm-hmm. certainly not there for uh actual training mm-hmm. so she might be your your 
attributing this kind of uh, entrepreneurial vibe to her where she is just hiring out an office space. Yes. I'm going to explore your theory. <laughs> and if your theory is correct, then there will be something. Let me get these minutes up. Um, there will be something listed on the listings board for the seven and a half floor. Ah. That corresponds to Maxine's business. See. You're right because we do see that later. Yeah, we see er, we earlier, see earlier, earlier before yeah. he even gets yeah. in the elevator because he's like, yeah. I don't even know where. <laughs> what do you mean, seven and a half Lester Corp? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's on the seven and a half floor? We've got the law offices of Anders and Barrett. Okay. We've got estate escrow service. Okay. We've got Lester Corp and we've got something called the Piper Institute. So they're the only four things listed on um, on the seven and a half floor. Okay, now, so which one of them, Which one of them sounds like uh, Maxine? Escrow, <laughs> because she's looking oh. for money. I was going to say a different one, but continue, continue. She's like all about <laughs> making profit money off of... from, yeah. Yeah, so... Off the Malkovich vessel. Exactly. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking... Well, obviously, like, escrow and that sort of stuff, she's already dealing with money. She's kind of money-focused in her business. That one makes the most sense to me. Mm. Because I think the first three you listed are the other old people that are in, like, the cult. Oh, right. Interesting. You know? Like, they're in the escrow Mm. business, too. (laughs) Right. So why? So you you think when we see the old people in in the building uh-huh. in in the seven and a half floor, uh-huh. which well spotted by the way, I didn't notice them until this kind of viewing. Um, you think they're not just there visiting Lester to discuss some cult business. You think they're they have they also they, lease on that floor in order to keep themselves close to the, the operation uh, the, ve- the, the 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 portal yeah yeah, yeah. because i think sense. maxine is the piper institute okay because <laughs> institutes are usually fronts oh <laughs> nice usually just like yeah we're doing our own group study we're yeah. doing like a think tank we're working on something <laughs> that uh, if you want to buy into it we can let you know what what we're working on yes i think that she's um i got very much royal tenenbaum margot vibes yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. she with the blunt bob haircut and the okay. cigarettes and kind of the icy oh yeah the flase da attitude <sighs> flase da. Da. <laughs> <I> like, <laughs> like it just gave me very much royal tenenbaums vibes and i was like yeah i'm into her i yeah. like her she looks like she could have family money that's now investing in an institute yes the piper institute <laughs> yeah oh wow this the world building we're getting done yes is, uh, that's what we do right. that's what we do yeah yeah so maxine says i, I am dubious, dubious but, but i don't, I don't welsh. welsh do you use the expression to welsh on a deal no are you familiar with it no not at all okay because i've i've heard it um and I've heard it as Welch, uh, like with a ch on the deal. But she's definitely saying Welsh. And um, yeah, it just means to, you know, default on a deal and not, not come through, um, which is quite offensive to Welsh people. Yeah. 
but there's no I looked it up and it seems to come from an earlier version which is Welch which I was like oh well that just sounds like a separate word so it's not offensive to the Welsh but it turns <laughs> out that Welch itself is just an earlier uh, arcane form of Welsh <laughs> so it, it's okay. still offensive to the Welsh but I, I don't know no, the, there's no there's no kind of origin for it but I know I've heard it before but I know um, I like Welsh people so I don't use it <laughs> <laughs> so uh so we're going to move on to the next kind of beat of this minute. We get Jerry's Juiceteria on Lex. A hard cut. We're now somewhere else. Completely. The rest of his day didn't matter. The rest of Craig's afternoon. Yeah. From the second he got the confirmation from Maxine that he was... Dating her now. Well, that... <laughs> courting. He has a time. A, <laughs> yeah. a time and a place to meet her. And now oh, all I... that matters is the like, oh my gosh, I'm about to be late. To, mm. to seeing her. If I'm five minutes late, she's going to be gone. But he's also, he's spread himself thin. He He's just got off the phone from his wife saying that he won't be home late. He already knows that he's going to meet um, uh, Lester at Jerry's Juiceteria at, at uh, did he give a time? Yeah, no, just after work. And, <laughs> then, and then now he's going to meet her at seven. So he's doing like Alex P. Keaton vibes with, you know, <laughs> he's, he's like, this is, this is too much. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have a planner. He doesn't write down no. his, his schedule and his tasks. He flies by the seat of his pants. He flies he's by uh, chimpanzee time. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I just I did a little bit of uh, map research as well, and the the Merton Flemmer building is at the address. Do either of you know Manhattan? Have you ever have you been to I've New York? Been I love New York. That's the next place okay. I want to move to for sure. Okay, so the Merton Flemmer building is at six hundred and ten Eleventh Avenue. Okay, and there on uh, Jerry's Juiceteria is on Lex. Now, Lexington Avenue is extremely long. It runs like most of the length of the the island of Manhattan. And it runs parallel with Park Avenue. But like the minimum distance, like if if Jerry's Juiceteria is located in the optimal spot uh, to be as close as possible while still being on Lexington Avenue, it's a minimum of 2.25 kilometers away. And in American, that's 1.4 miles. Thank you for the conversion. Um, (laughs) So, so, um, so 27 minutes walk. Yeah. So, so then, and we don't, sadly, we don't know where the stuck pig is. So we don't know how, how fast and how long he has to run. To but get we to see him pig. sprinting. We, we, I, I don't know if I can call that sprinting. It's, it's his version <laughs> of sprinting. It's, it, it looks like the best poor L. Craig can do. But actually, that's in the next minute. So oh, we won't talk um, about it then. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. We can't even know it. Nope, it hasn't happened yet. So we're looking in the window of Jerry's Juiceteria and we see Craig patiently listening to Lester oh. and his amazing... Yeah, uh, but even before we get in, there's just this establishing shots where we can see that like they they shot this in L.A. Yes, uh, they shot n- all the New York stuff in L.A., not in New York. And there's a lot of Spanish on written everywhere here. And I 
don't think I'm I'm sure there's Spanish areas yes. in New York, but I don't think Lexington Avenue has many <laughs> kind of um you know Spanish places, what and a good and call whereas out. I would see a lot more of that in LA, you can see that like even on the Jerry's Juiceteria, um you can see uh, Frutas Naturales is written across the, which I, I never even noticed that it wasn't in English. I just saw fruit. Yeah, that's probably yeah. fruit. That's probably natural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can see, you can actually see in the establishing shot, you can see the reflection of another shop across the road from them, across the street. And it's like, it's got more. It's um, Damas Caballeros Ninos um mayorio uh, like like wholesale menu <laughs> med, ladies gentlemen uh-huh. and children um six dollar collection whatever all in in espanol and um yeah just n- doesn't feel very manhattan <laughs> no and not something i ever noticed before and just um, just just goes to show like the cleverness of cheap filmmaking where you know spike jones knew he would get away with it in a in a big budget film they would have had to redo all that signage and they would it's a clever you know to, to real location yeah but it yeah also, and it, it, it feels... adds to like a weird meta thing of like new yorkers yeah. know that's not new york know that the movie yeah, is yeah. taking place there but that doesn't look like any streets that i walk on and then also yeah, Katie yeah. and i are in southern california so watching mm-hmm. parts of the movie i was like that's that LA. looks like LA. <laughs> yeah, okay. And like, so you guys were ahead of me on both. Well, the yeah. turn pipe, the turn off that he keeps, yeah. dropping yeah. to the ground from the sky. Yeah, that's not New Jersey. hundred totally, percent. I think that's Long Beach, isn't that? I'm right pretty off sure of, that's like, right off. No yeah, way. I'm pretty sure that's like really close to where I used okay. to live. <laughs> yeah. No way. Because it's so wow. familiar. Because there and is... like, I just that angle i was like that looks just like this area of long beach yeah. and knowing that they shot in la it's absolutely mm-hmm. totally makes sense <laughs> yeah there's there's one shot that must be from new jersey because it's the it's the back of the lettering mm-hmm. you can and you're seeing the word jersey turnpike in reverse because you're looking at the back but obviously that could easily be shot and then inserted they could have just hired a you know second unit to go and yeah. do that um, or, or, or maybe even it existed in stock footage yeah very interesting i just yeah i never questioned that because i've just I, I've known for a while that it was all shot in LA. So why did I think that bit? Was <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Well spotted. Um. Yeah. The oh the the illusion is being destroyed. <laughs> but I think it's like a weird meta thing. Like if you're paying attention, the location feels it's like nightmarish or dreamlike. However, you'd like to take that of like that's not where they're actually telling me they are. It's telling okay. me a truth and it's lying to me at the same time. Well, and when he first dropped out of the sky, I 100% was like, did he just go all the way across the country? Because that's not New York. <laughs> yeah. Did he <laughs> just get... Right. Well, it's not New York. It's New Jersey. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys were ahead of me on that one. So in this scene that we now have to put ourselves back in New right, York for, right. and we have to believe believe Suspend the dream the again. Disbelief. Exactly. What's interesting in this scene, I mean, 
I don't know how much we how much we want to go into what Lester <laughs> is talking about in this scene. But one thing that he does say is he calls Craig Craig for the first time. Uh, he's called him Schwartz. Well, he called him Juarez first, obviously, um, and then D- Dr. Oh, Schwartz man. and then called him Schwartz a few times. And now he's calling him Craig. And I just love that he has some kind of etiquette for, well, we're out of the office and I'm, you know, ex- sharing all of my sexual fantasies with this oh. man. So I guess he's Craig now. That scene is so horrific to me. This is one of those moments that lends... <laughs> To me, thinking that the movie is a horror movie as opposed to a comedy. Because listening to old people talk about sex is terrifying. (laughs) Like, no, please stop. Can you, can you, Lester, why are you sharing this? This is too much information. And it's like, like even Midsommar had so much to do with like old people being naked, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Rosemary's Baby, they're all old people in a cult. Yeah. Like, it is, it is. I think, a horror tactic of him talking, that, that's the topic of conversation. They're in a juice bar and he's not asking him, like, about his puppetry or why he decided to work at Lester Corp. Like, yeah. he's, why are your hands so fast? No, it's, uh, yeah. no. I am reincarnated Eros. I am Eros. Yeah. <laughs> but he, um... <laughs> Yeah, but it's interesting that you're not saying <laughs> he, you're not saying this particular scenario, this inappropriateness. You're saying old people talking about sex, ew. Yes, yeah. in general. Is what I'm getting from Yeah, that. absolutely. Okay. So you're cancelled. Ageist. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so graphic and you're like, Oh, man. But it's necessary because it sets the tone for the level of sexuality that gets explored Mm -hmm. in the movie. Like, you need to be aggressively hit with that to then believe that you're later in the mind of somebody else having sex with another person. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think um, Charlie Kaufman would say it's necessary because it's funny. (laughs) Okay, you know. He's a great writer. This script is just so many chef's kisses. Oh, man. So speaking of the script, in the script, this scene is is pretty much the same. There's a couple of extra lines that I won't really go into. But after we've had the exchange between Craig and Maxine, she says the same kind of lines of, uh, you know, meet me at the Stuck Pig, 7 o'clock, you're late, I walk. And then Craig just kind of says her name one more time as she walks down the hall. In other other words, we don't cut quite as soon. Craig walks down the hall. I'm reading the the stage direction now. Craig walks down the hall. A tiny smile flits across Maxine's face, Um, which kind of, to me, is like a cutesy moment. And uh, she's kind of melting and the the facade is melting Mm -hmm. a bit. And... uh, I have a very visceral no not my hashtag not my Maxine like this is not this is not the character I I know it's a little bit there I think she likes the idea of being worshipped I think she likes the idea of Craig worshipping the ground she walks on yeah and she does smile at him very much during during Mm -hmm. the scene so it is you could argue that it is still there but something about the way it's worded in the script 
kind of because it's a secret smile to herself more romantic it, it seems like yeah it seems more romantic and i'm just ill <laughs> same <laughs> um cool so any other thoughts on minute 21 i want to run to maxine like craig is running to maxine <sighs> Away from Lester in this conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With his carrot juice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> carrot, of course, uh, highly erotic vegetable. Yes. <laughs> Aphrodisiac, they ri- say. Ri- rich symbolism. <laughs> um, so, so uh, I think that brings to an end our discussion of Minute 21. And... Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think you're going to be sucked back out again. So I think you're going to land uh, on the side of the New Jersey Turnpike. Oh, or no. maybe Palm Springs. Where did you say it was? Long Beach. Long Beach. <laughs> Long Beach. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I hope you, I hope you do okay wherever you end up. 